No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. If you're looking for a Manitoba-based team to be proud of tonight, folks, check out the curling. A couple good Manitoba-based teams who are doing pretty well, doing you pretty proud on the Scotties right now because the hometown team playing in the downtown arena did not do you proud tonight. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Alongside Dave Manuk, alongside the already drinking Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Rumendell, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets falling absolutely flat on their face in front of the hometown team, hometown crowd, losing 5-1 to the defending Stanley Cup champions. The panic button getting closer and closer to being smashed if people haven't already done so. Gentlemen, good to see you both tonight. You were both in attendance at that debacle. I apologize uh, <laughs> that both of you had to sit through that. But this Winnipeg Jets team... The road trip was bad. They've been bad for the since the last for the last month to five weeks, and it may have hit a nader tonight with that performance on home ice. Absolutely getting a Ralph Nader, not Ralph Nader, N A D I R. Ralph Nader is N A D E R. But I wanted I wanted to see if you were going to say that though. Uh, just an absolutely embarrassing performance on home ice tonight by the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and then the game was over uh, early in the first period, right? <laughs> like yeah. Avalanche scored three goals on four shots. And I know there's a lot to talk about in this game, but I mean, I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> it was definitely over after the first period, right? There was only one goal scored after the first period. Well, and I mean, it wasn't by the Jets. Like, it was just complete domination by the Avalanche. And we talked about it last game, right? Like, you're coming off of a really disappointing loss to the Islanders. Mm -hmm. You lose three of four on the road, and we talked about it, right? They could have easily lost all four games on the road. And the Avalanche are a fantastic team, and they've been playing some really good hockey, and they just keep closing the gap between themselves and the Jets and the Stars, right? So we knew this wasn't going to be an easy game for the Jets, but they just didn't show up in the first period, right? Like, you mentioned we were there. Like, it was, you know, like... It was just goal after goal, and we're we're watching the game like, and it's so high event. But we're just thinking to ourselves like, did the Jets forget how good the Avalanche are? Like you're 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 leaving really good players completely <laughs> wide open, right? Like Rantanen and McKinnon and Bowen Byram and Valerie Nachushkin and JT. Like these guys, it was like they're like, okay, you're going to give us all this time and space. Like the Avalanche made the Jets look really slow tonight, and I, and I think you know that was quite evident. It was mentioned on the broadcast by the guys like. The Avalanche just looked like a, a, a much superior team. And this is without Gabe Landeskog and, and Kale McCarr and Eric Johnson. And I'm missing somebody else. But, like, those, especially McCarr and Landeskog. Yeah. Obviously, McCarr is arguably, you know, the best player in the league, let alone best defenseman in the league, right? So just imagine, you know, what this team is going to look like once they get their captain back and they get McCarr back, right? So, yeah, it was really disappointing, Drew. And, you know, you wonder... Like, what could possibly happen between now and Sunday? But you wonder, you know, are the Jets going to make some call-ups? Because, I mean, how how much longer can this continue? Like, we're not even talking about the NHL trade deadline anymore. We're just talking about, like, they need guys in the lineup that are hungry because this team was just way too lifeless for, for too much of this game, in my opinion. 
yeah. Uh, I mean, lifeless. Yeah. They, 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 when you give up a goal, Dave, 19 seconds into the game, yeah. if you somehow let Nathan McKinnon have a breakaway, 19 which was, seconds which was, into the game. Which was painfully obvious. To, we're sitting there, and I said to Ezzy, I'm like, well, that's going to be a breakaway. And when we when he realizes McKinnon, mm. there's a good chance it's gonna be a goal. Like that, like that goal drew was like when we had season tickets for the bombers when they were like some of their lean years. <laughs> and you would go to the game and you like it would be the opening kickoff. The bombers would be kicking off to the other team, and you're like joking that you know the other team's gonna return the, the kickoff for the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And it seemed like it would happen during those those lean years for the bombers when they weren't very good, right? It's like the same thing. Like you can't make this stuff up. Like McKinnon has a clear-cut breakaway you know, 15 seconds into the game and, you know, he scores and then the Jets get the tying goal on the power play and then they come right back ranting and, you know, puts it where the, I said, grandma hides the cookies on, on Twitter. Right. So like it was just, uh, just complete domination by the avalanche in, in the first period. And the Jets really, they didn't adapt and they, they just had no chance at getting back into the game. It, before, it, look, it was, before, Drew, before we get going and, and look, there's going to be a lot of negative to speak about with respect to this Jets team. And that's fine. Are you going you know, like, to give us what, a positive? No, I'm not going to give it a positive about the Jets. I'm okay. going to just say before we get into the negative, yeah, because we don't sugarcoat here on a legal curve. Uh, Spencer's in a, in a mood right now. He's having a Unless good time. Unless we're talking about Souf then we don't sugarcoat. Yeah, but we will not be sugarcoating. But what we will do is when there is a milestone to recognize, we will recognize it. So happy in advance birthday to... The illegal curve intern, unofficial Bailey. illegal curve intern, Bailey Weeb, who is celebrating. Oh, right birthday. on! So happy birthday to Bailey! Happy birthday, Bailey! Tomorrow, so tomorrow, so when, to tomorrow Bailey. when we're on again, yeah, we just have to wish her another happy birthday. Well, so I'm remembering getting, now, we're getting ahead of the game for tomorrow. And two days ago, Lisa Danko's son Josh, big fan of illegal curve. Hold on, did you say Danko Jones, former Canadian pop power band? I did not. I did not. I said Lisa Danko and her son, she Josh. Might be related it to was Danko his birthday. Jones, so happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday to Bailey. Two young IC fans, and we appreciate your, your support. So thank you. Happy birthday to you guys. Despite what happened tonight with the Jets, we still wish you guys happy belated and happy yes. soon-to-be birthdays. And to celebrate your birthday, we're going to talk about the steaming pile <laughs> of crap we just watched for the last three hours, is what you're saying. Uh, well, remember, because they're, Bailey wants to celebrate a Moose win on her birthday. She's not really too concerned about what happened with the Jets tonight. Okay, fair enough. In any event, happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday to Bailey. We'll do it again tomorrow, and we wish Bailey a happy birthday on the, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, look, 19 seconds into the game. I mean, that's a team that's not prepared to play. The Colorado Avalanche haven't played since Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've so had they, five days off. Sunday or Monday, yeah. Yeah, so they've five had a significant off. gap in their schedule for whatever reason. The Jets, we know, have been playing a lot of hockey. That's not to say that the Jets are – That's I'm not using that as an excuse, not for one second. You can't, you can't start the game like this, especially when your head coach, who for the first – you know, 40, 50 games of the year, you've done nothing. You've talked about how much you respect him and how much you listen to him and how much you acknowledge him and blah, blah, blah. When the, your head coach talks about this game as the biggest game of the year to this point and 19 seconds into the game, you get when you're not goal. scoring goals, Drew, especially when you're not scoring goals again, as, another as Vic, game tonight is Vic Ronis. Who's joining us from uh, live from Canada life. She had two goals or less in five of the last six games. That's 30th in the league. 
there's there's no question about it that the team can't score. I'm not sure if the general manager is conscious or not. I'm really not. I mean, I'm thinking about this, and I feel bad for Rick Bonus a little bit. Because look at the roster he's having to deal with. Now, the players weren't prepared to play. That's on them. That's also on him for whatever reason for them not being prepared to play. But if you're Rick Bonus, mm-hmm. you're sitting here saying, what other options do I have? And that's on the general manager. And this is the general manager who, for the last decade plus, has been responsible for, for crafting this team. I mean, I just don't understand what he is doing. I was thinking about it when Matt Nieto scored for the Avalanche. He scored the fifth goal of the game. It was long over by that point. He was just claimed off of waivers. No, he was traded. They traded for him. Or sorry, they traded for him. And Nieto's been, we should mention Nieto has been on the Avalanche before. Right. He was on the Avalanche for a number of years. He went to San Jose and he signed a two-year, he was an UFA and he signed in San Jose. And a month ago, a month ago, I checked, I think it was January 28th, if I'm not mistaken, the Avalanche went and traded for him. They didn't give up a lot for him because he's Matt Nieto, but he can play. Yeah, like a fourth round pick or something. Yeah, it was a couple prospects, uh, something like that. Nothing, no big deal. But he's a guy who can play in your lineup, and it was a proactive move made by Joe Sackick, okay, made by the Avalanche Brain Trust. The, I mean, the last time the Jets make, or the next time the Jets make a proactive move when it comes to a trade, is going to be the first time. It, it, you know, if it, again. And then, oh, well, you know, everyone's got a uh, no trade clause. Matt, no, Matt Nieto didn't have a no trade clause. If Matt Nieto was available for next to nothing, and he's a guy who is not going to change the fortunes of your team necessarily, he's not going to be the guy who determines if you win or lose no, he's a depth at the end player. of the season. He's a depth player, yeah. but he's an NHL quality. He's a, good, he's a good depth player. He's an NHL caliber depth player. Why don't you go out and get him? Well, Drew, Why one thing is obvious. One, one thing is, comp- if if it wasn't obvious before, I think there there's some um, you know I guess there's a little bit of a connection here between Cole Perfetti it being announced that he's going to be out for at least eight weeks and then this game because I think you know all of these things combined are are, are just adding up to Chevy having to make multiple moves. We're not just talking about one move, and obviously you're not suggesting that you know, Chevy needs to acquire a Matt Nieto type of player, and that's going to catapult the Jets into, you know, playing some better hockey. I mean, you're saying that, you know, the Jets needed to make a move a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago. Like, they've look, they've had some success with the waiver wire. Axel Janssen, Fialbi, uh, Carson Kuhlman, those guys have been plug-and-play types of guys, but they've also lost Mikey Essimont and Jonathan Kovacevic. But the point is, score. they need help right now. They, they Chevy needs to make a move. And he needs to make a move quick. He doesn't. He can't wait another week. No, he I needed to make the move two weeks ago. Obviously, he didn't. He could have made the move a month ago. He didn't. I mean, you know, and I w- went back and I was reading his quotes from uh, when he met the assembled media. On uh, the road, by the way. What's that? On the road. On the road, of course, because the Jets only do that. So there's only a small contingent. I of think media there were three reporters, there. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think three. it was yeah. Jeff Hamilton. Weaver uh, and Scott. Scotty Billick. Yeah, and that's when that's when back when Scott was traveling and Ken only travels periodically. But again, it was on the road because of course they the you know the organization can't do that at home. They have to control the message. Oh, that's not not entirely true. They do they do both, but they they usually do both. But anyways, they did this one on the road. 
I think you have to seize the moment. You don't know where the future is going to go on a lot of different fronts. The cap, contracts, injuries. But one thing about this game is when you have an opportunity, you should try and take it. He said that on January the 11th, folks. Kevin Shovelday off did. Andrew, I I am on record as saying that this that and I want everyone to be hear me clearly. Kevin Shovelday off in my mind needs to make a number of big trades because he's got a chance to win a championship in the city, a Calder Cup championship for those <laughs> Manitoba Moose. So Kevin Shovelday off, make those trades, but make them at the AHL level, not necessarily at the NHL level. Which, to be honest with you, if he is again, not to say that he wants to necessarily go this route, he should. Make sure that Morgan Barron, Cole Perfetti, and Dylan Sandberg have paper transactions on March 1st on that Moose roster to so they'll be eligible for the AHL playoffs. My personal opinion, the Jets could go on a run. I, I know. I am not saying that they're going to do it, but I'm telling you right now, you it, the benefit to those three players to go on a long run with the Moose, I, again, they'll start with the Jets, but if the Jets get bounced in the first round and the Moose are still going, you need those guys getting that playoff experience. So. Separate issue entirely. Of course and it is, I, but I know, it's, it's, I know it's, it's a moose issue. So I, I know it's a moose issue, and I know it's your passion, but let, let's talk about this Jets team because <laughs> this is where the focus is, and this is where the catastrophe is unfolding in front of our very eyes. And the general manager, I mean, I'm not putting the words in his mouth. Those are his own words. He said it six weeks ago, and he followed up those words by doing nothing. By doing nothing. So the team... I think is rightfully allowed to ask, okay, you said this, we can read it. I think the head coach is rightfully allowed to ask, okay, you said it, we can read it. Where is it? Drew, the reality is here. Let, let's like, just step back for a second from the trade deadline, right? Which is obviously a week away. And let's step back from Chevy for a second. The last 25 or so games, the Jets have been a 500 team. Right? We're, talking about, we're talking about more than a quarter of the season, the Jets have been a 500 team. Because we've talked about this after, I think we used 32 games because then they started to go on a little bit of a slide. I can't tell you, you know, which game was game number 32, but they were 21, 10 and one. I remember that, right? Mm -hmm. So they were comfortably in, I believe they were in second, but like one or two points behind Dallas, which funny enough, they're still only a couple points behind (laughs) Dallas because Dallas has only won two or three of their last 10, right? But the point is like the Jets have, there have been issues here since going back, we kind of talked about it since kind of, you know, before or after the Christmas break, right? When there were a couple of stinkers, like we're not talking about five games or 10 games here. Like the Jets are in trouble here. Like, I don't think they're going to necessarily miss the playoffs, but the way be, they've been playing, they could easily be a wild card team. And the game 32, think, by the way, was against the Senators. There you go. But like a month ago, we would have, if you would have said, you know, the Jets are in danger of, you know, slipping to, into a wild card spot, we would have said, you know, you're crazy. But what's happened is the Wild are playing better. The Avalanche are playing better. The Oilers are playing better. Like, thankfully, the Flames aren't. And obviously, you know, Nashville, St. Louis, those teams are are not a threat to make the playoffs. But we were talking about the Jets being a lock for first or second in the Central. Now we're talking about them, you know, possibly being a wild card team with how Colorado has played. So this is, like, the, they're in trouble here. Like, you've gone from almost being a lock to, to have a home playoff series to now there's a good chance that you're just going to barely get in at seventh or eighth, right? So that's even more reason now why you have to make a move. Not only not only can you not score goals, but you're just losing a lot of hockey games, right? Like you've lost four of their last five games. 29th in the NHL over the last month. I mean, that's where they are. They're 29th in the NHL over the last month. 
And I know that you would say, well, what about all those months before? Whatever, or people might say that, and that's fine, and that's fair. But this has not been a good hockey team for a while. And the person, Rick Bonus, I'm willing to look, he's made some errors. He's not getting off scot free. His usage of Nikolai Ehlers is bordering on peculiar to personal because it seems as though the way he's using him that he really does not like Nikolai Ehlers game. I don't understand it because he's arguably the most skilled player the Jets have. I just don't understand it. Right. So that's a big question that that Rick Bonus should have to answer to because his usage of Nikolai Ehlers is 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 worth is worth further discussion. And we'll probably discuss maybe it with Garrett Hole tomorrow on tomorrow's illegal curve hockey show. That's right. We'll discuss it tomorrow there. But the general manager, who has not been seen since that road trip in January, which is now six weeks ago, when he said we're going to be in it, we're going to make some moves, we have an opportunity, has to also be front and center for accountability with this team when the injuries pile up when it becomes apparent to everybody that the bottom of your lineup is not NHL caliber for the most part. These guys haven't scored goals. That's how you determine NHL caliber, whether or not you like it or not, whether or not they contribute in other ways, whether or not Saku Manalainen is a good penalty killer. If you can't put the puck in the goal in the net, you're not effective. So you mean Lowry going 31 games, Manalainen 19, Gagne... I think eight or nine barren uh, forever, barren forever. I mean, it's crazy. It's cr- yeah. you're, you're not wrong. Drew. They, they, I mean, but they're not getting scoring from anybody. It's not just the bottom six right now. The top six isn't scoring either. You have one game where you scored four goals, right? How many other games have they scored two or less? They haven't scored five on five. They haven't scored. They didn't score five on five tonight. They didn't score five on five against Columbus. They didn't score five on five against the Islanders. So That's right. in three of their last five games, they haven't scored a five-on-five goal. Who is solving that? Who is rectifying that? Who is making a move that is going to solve that problem? Because if you cannot, well, it should score, be Chevy Drew. I mean, look, your, your it point should is, be the general manager who's been the GM well for eleven years. Yeah, I agree with you that a move should have been made uh, a long time ago. Whether you want to say a couple of weeks ago or a, a month ago. But right now, I mean, it's just so clear to any Jets fan that multiple moves need to be made for this team to be not just a Stanley Cup contender, but competitive in the playoffs. Like if the Jets play the Wild in the first round right now, the Wild, I think, beat the Jets. And I think the Jets have more skill than the Wild do. I mean, I think, you know, Kirill Kaprizov is obviously, you know, one of the most talented players, talented forwards in the entire league. But, I mean, look at the Wild's defense. It's not... I mean, they're looking at moving Matt Dumba possibly. We don't know if that's going to happen. But, like, I would take the Jets goaltending and defense over the Wild. But the way the Wild are playing right now compared to the Jets, like, the Jets just, I mean, like, they can't score. They can't defend. They The power play looks good sometimes, but for the most part, it's been struggling. The penalty kill is really the only thing that's been elite from game one to game whatever we're at now, 57 or 58. 59. So there's 59. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that need to be addressed right now. And I, I realize that, like, you know, some of the local media is talking about a closed closed door meeting. The season's almost over here, guys. Like, we're almost at game 60, or we're at game 60, I guess, Dave, in fact, if I can, you know, do simple arithmetic. But, yeah, the Sunday Jets will. need to make a move, Drew. You need to bring in 
you know, a, an impact player, somebody who is going to have an impact immediately upon being acquired or, or, or sell and sell legitimately. Now, I don't think they're going to sell because that would be, no, you can't, you can't sell at this point. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to, but just treading water, you're going to, you, you might sneak into the playoffs, but you'll be done in five games and you'll go home and that'll be the end of it. And what have you accomplished aside from getting a worse draft pick over the course of the year? Well, we get to add a moose uh, post game show for the playoffs. <laughs> you get to add a moose post game show for the playoffs. That's true. It, Who would I do it with? The, the, the point is, the time is nigh. You, 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 Meacher, you, Dave, give Meacher a call. <laughs> I wouldn't do actually. That's good. Yeah, Manuk and Meacher. Yeah, you, it, it, the Manuk Meacher, the Manuk Meacher moose show. It just rolls off the tongue. I'm going to text him right now. There you go. You do he'll, that. He'll, his response. Who is this and how'd you get my number? Yeah, one that's usually the response I send you when you send when you send me a text. It's, what should be any different about it? In any event, it's clear this Winnipeg Jets team is is right now in trouble, and it's time for somebody, and me personally, I'm targeting the general manager to do something about it. Let's get into it tonight. The Betway Game Recap brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. We talked about it, boys. Colorado opened the scoring 19 seconds into the game. Hard to believe, <laughs> isn't it? Sort of hard to believe that this is how the Jets started tonight's game, the most important game of the regular season to this point. Not my words, the words of the coach. Nathan McKinnon, his 20th assist to Nachushkin, and Arturi Lekkinen, one nothing Colorado 19 seconds in. Ezzy, I mean, what, what are you seeing on this goal besides an utter catastrophe? Well, Pionk pinches in, and Valerie Nachushkin, pardon me, not Valerie Nachushkin, Arturi Lekkinen makes a really nice play, uh, uh, passes it up the boards, um, and it goes to, I believe it was Rantanen. That gets I think DeMello. It, it, yeah, it, it was DeMello pinched. It was DeMello. Oh, pardon me, it was DeMello that pinched. It was Pionk on the third goal. Yeah, the yeah there you go. Sorry, yeah. it was DeMello who pinches, and sorry, it was, uh, I got Nachushkin right. It was Lekkinen that, uh, passes it up to Nachushkin, mm-hmm. and then Nachushkin sees Nathan McKinnon obviously darting up the middle. And I believe, I know it was Morrissey because it was Morrissey and DeMello, and then they went to Morrissey Pionk. Uh, I forget if it was late in the first period or the second period. And then Nathan McKinnon just gets behind, I think it was, was it Dubois that was out there? It was the Dubois line, mm-hmm. and he just gets behind him, right? Like it's just Nathan yeah. McKinnon is way behind the Jets defense to the point that Morrissey knew that he had absolutely no chance. So he just gave up on the play. So it's just p- bad defensive coverage. That's all there is to it. Like McKinnon, w- just you can't let McKinnon get behind you. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Um, but McKinnon, that was one of the longest breakaways I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I mean, there was just nobody around him uh, as soon as he crossed the blue line, right? So uh, nice play by Arturi Lekin and once DeMello uh, pinched in. But again, I mean, there's two jets there and they were just gone. McKinnon just blasted by them. So uh, it was just... Terrible defensive coverage by the Jets. They were just really asleep. You have to be aware of who you're playing against. And you're playing against, I mean, where would Nathan McKinnon be in terms of the best, you know, offensive forwards in the game? You know, second, third in the league. 
you know, he's, you know, he's at the very least top five, but I would I would probably say that Nathan McKinnon's the second best offensive player in the league after McDavid. After McDavid, yeah. You you no one's gonna quibble too hard with that point. Right. And, and and you're so out to lunch with it, and you're so asleep to start the game that this is how you start, and you don't realize that and you give Nathan McKinnon of all players uh the opportunity to walk in on your goaltender, one nothing Colorado. The Jets tie it up. Hard to believe they did, but they did. At the 312 mark, the power play goal, second straight game with a power play goal for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, did they have one against the Rangers as well? Can't remember. That was a couple I think of games. One. I think they did. So one. the power play they, they were one for one, and then I think the Rangers were 0 for 4. Yeah, that sounds right. So the Jets yeah. have get, been, been getting some power play goals uh, in the last couple of games. Only one, because they, they get one a game. That's all, that's all they can get. Mason Appleton, second of the season for him, his first career power play goal. Assist to Nate Schmidt and Blake Wheeler. It's a second unit power play goal. Nice mm-hmm. tip. You saw Appleton. If you watch the replay, you see him, uh, you know, banging his stick on the ice, for asking for the tip shot. Nathan or uh, Nate Schmidt put, sets him up with it nicely, and he deflects it past uh, uh, Alexander Yorgiev to tie it up at one at the three twelve mark. Uh, but it was all downhill from there, Dave. Yeah, but I mean, look, the fan base was not happy 19 seconds in and you could feel it and you could feel it in the building that folks were like, what the hell are we watching? And then a few minutes later, it's a one-all game. And so you're, you're, you're having a little bit of like, again, and I'm not making this excuse for the team, but everybody knows, oh, after a long road trip, you come home and that first game's every team, every coach I've ever talked to always says that the first game after a long road trip is always a tough game, yada, yada, yada. So the Jets get rid of that first goal because suddenly they've got the crowd into it. Folks are excited. And and look, got to credit the second power play unit, right? Nate Schmidt with a good shot and and credit Mason Appleton going to the front of the net because on the when the first power play unit was out, Ezzy, what do we talk about? Nobody in front. The passing when they were in front wasn't good. It was always askew. And so sure, you know, it's 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 the second power play unit that, you know, doesn't get the lion's share of time but they, they make do with what they are given and they tie the game and they give the building a little bit of life. And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, Colorado's rolling right now, right? They're what six, two and two in their last 10 games. They're feeling good about their, about themselves overall, knowing that as, as he said, to start this show, they're doing this without Landis and without kale dude, where's my car. So, I mean, the fact is that you've got, you're firing like that. And I, I'm pretty sure, isn't there a mind is they, the, which Mahal, the goalie's out too, isn't he? Um Francois. Yeah. Francois, yeah. He's he's out as well. So I mean, like they're 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 pretty impressively rolling right now. So if you're the Jets, you're thinking to yourself, okay, we're not happy with our play. We went one for three. And as as I said, they've been bad for you know, or average, sorry, for the last 25 games. So here's an opportunity. It's one all kind of washes everything clean. So you're thinking to yourself, again, teams do this. Maybe they're gonna be able to build. Hmm. Not so much. No. <laughs> if they built something, it collapsed in, in, in a heap of rubble very quickly. Uh, it took the Avalanche all of a minute 20 to get the game-winning goal. Well, they actually built something. It was Fire Festival. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Avs uh, t- retake the lead. It proves to be the game-winning goal at the 432 mark. Miko Rantanen uh, assists to Evan Rodriguez. This is the one, as you that Neil Pionk uh, pinches in an uh, ill-advised decision. 
and Rantanen just with a beautiful shot. I mean, you know, it, you know, you can't blame Connor Hellebuck on this. Uh, Brendan Dillon takes away the pass, and then just a the shot beat the great shot beats the great goalie in this instance. Uh, bar down, like you said, where Mama keeps the the chocolate chips or Grandma. whatever the hell, uh, whatever the hell you said, whatever. Mama hides the cookies, but Grandma makes sure that they're really out of reach. Okay, well, we're, fair enough. That was a Mike Langism, if you remember. He was the I one do. that when Mario Lemieux scored it, he'd say, that's where yeah, Grandma yeah. hides the cookies. Well, I mean, Miko Rantanen went right to where Grandma hid the cookies and made a 2-1 with a beautiful, beautiful shot. But again, just a bewilderingly, that's not a word, but just a perplexingly, bewilderingly, it's a hard one for me to Sounds say. Sounds like it, if it isn't, it should be. I mean, bewildering is is is, is the word, but uh, yeah. whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, folks. Uh, just a bad decision. Yeah. Just a, just a bad decision. Just a decision that cannot be made in this instance. And if you're gonna pinch, which Neil Pionk does, where's the puck support? Exactly. Where's the where's the where's the forward to support on this play? I don't like the pinch. But I also don't like the support from the forward group on this one. And that's been the really the and that's that's what we saw from the Jets a lot last year. Absolutely. And I, if I'm you know correct, it was the fourth line that was out there for that goal, right? The Jets fourth line. And so it's a it just nobody nobody comes back to as you said, oh, Drew Cover. Shifley Connor and as Shifley Connor Appleton are out there for that goal. Okay, I'm wrong. So wrong for a second time, but nobody covers. And and there's just too much time and space. You mentioned Brandon Dillon. Brendan Dillon, there's nothing wrong with what Brendan Dillon did there, and there's nothing wrong with the way Connor Hellebuck, you know, this is Rantanen's 37th goal of the year, so he's well on his way, similar to Shifley, to scoring 50 goals. So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I don't, to me, the pinch isn't really, like, it's not the most egregious pinch I've ever seen. Pionk's trying to make a play, but, you, like, you got to have back pressure there. Mm-hmm. Like, that, to me, is this, the Jets, again, not being quick enough to react to what's happening with, like, like you said, Drew, like, it's like Rantanen and McKinnon and Nachushkin and these guys, like it's not like these guys are just like, this is their, their first year in the NHL here. These guys <laughs> have been getting it done for a long time. Yeah. These guys have been top players for a long time. More so Rantanen and, and McKinnon, Nachushkin. It's really the last couple of years that this game is, re, uh, you know, rebounded to where it was when he first came in the league with Dallas. Right. But yeah, this is, it's just unexcusable, inexcusable that there was that, that was, that was such a, a long and, spacious two-on-one there and it just completely deflates your uh, momentum when you tie the game up shortly after McKinnon puts the avalanche up one nothing and then you know Rantanen comes back down and roofs one and it's and it's two one and you got the feeling that more goals were coming because the avalanche were basically saying you want to go back and forth and give us this much time and space we're going to bury some goals past you Mm -hmm. so yeah again both the first two goals were just poor defensive coverage I don't know how many different ways I can say that boys it's just you know not acceptable especially when you know you've you've just lost three games on the road yeah I mean you you assume the Jets had a game plan for tonight or had an approach that they wanted to take for the game and Dave it just seems like they threw that out they just the players you know probably heard it and just seem to have abandoned it because the way they started and the way that they played I mean for the for the game I mean, you know, nothing nothing else matters in this game after the first period. So, with no, you no. know, you, oh, well, they played better in the second and they had some chances and they had some no. good shifts where they took the, 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 the truth is, to be honest with you, if, if it's 4-1, which is essentially game over, mm. but if they could have done something with that end of the first period power play, sure. 
at least it brings some semblance of the, the fan base probably would have been still pissed off with the overall effort of that first, but at least then you're like, okay, it's a four two game. Mm-hmm. You get a goal in the second and somehow it's not, it's not out of reach, but I mean, to go into that first intermission down four one, and I know I'm skipping ahead now. Yeah. People want People want to hear this instant, interesting analysis of the, of the goals three and four for Colorado. So I don't want to glaze over it, but I'm just saying that had the jets been able to narrow that lead a little bit, it's a little bit of a different story. I think, and and you know because well, quick- you have something to build off of, right? Exactly. And and the only thing I was going to just quickly jump in on as an aside, because I know that uh, our is our boy Bruce is talking about um, the Bronx cheers and whether they were directed at Connor Hellebuck. I didn't like oh. it. They well, I, I know, Connor I, I, again, my own, and I know that on the broadcast apparently they said it was directed at Connor Hellebuck. My personal opinion, oh, my own personal opinion, is that they were directed at the team. Now, sure, of course, Connor Hellebuck looks like the recipient because he's making the save. And they're, they're relatively easy saves at that point. And again, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of, of where we are in the game recap. But I again, my own personal opinion, which is only mine, I can't speak to what every the mindset was of the you know, 14,100 fans that were in the, in the building. But my guess would be, if you're asking me what my opinion would be, mm-hmm. would be that the Bronx cheer was directed at that entire team and being down. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Team. To me, Dave, I told you this when we were up in the press box. To me, it's not who the fans are directing it towards. It's they're booing when Hellebuck makes a save. They, so regardless of what your intentions are, no. every time Hellebuck touches the puck, you're booing Hellebuck. Well, you, it, it's it's hard to have a Bronx cheer, you know, it, 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 you know, just for a bad shift. I mean, the Bronx yeah. cheer comes out when the goalie makes a save, but there's no question in my mind that it was directed at the skaters, not at the goalie, because none of these goals were Connor Hellebuck's fault. But what I'm saying, though, Drew, is that's not what the what the that's to me not the what we're what you're missing. What it's about, it's it's still you're still booing when the goaltender touches the puck. I understand. No, no, I understand. So that. it's I think stupid. It's just it's uh, to me it's just like unnecessary. I think it's you know the for the, the just the way that the game goes that when you're going to express a Bronx cheer, it's going to happen when the goalie makes a save after you've given up four goals in the first period, I, I, but I don't think anybody's blaming this on Connor. Hellman. No. And, no, and no, I think, no. and I, and I, again, the last thing I'll say about it, because I think it's funny is that, that this is similar. This is an interpretation, right? You can say, were they doing it? Who, first of all, who gives a shit? To be honest, you perfectly clear, but number one, it's kind of like those guys who, who do the um, blue during the anthem. And, and so many people hear boo. booing. So you hear booing. A lot of other people hear blue. It's open to interpretation. How about just not? How about just keep your mouth shut while the anthem's going on? Like, how about that? That would be fine too. Just I listen to the anthem and then it's over. Like, <laughs> abs I don't understand make it, what's wrong with that. Abs make it three-one uh, before it's even ten minutes old in the first period. JT Com for his twelfth of the year, assisted Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, put pucks on net, good things happen. This is one that you know. This this is just a a lot of traffic in front and a good deflection slash a good bounce, uh, and it just sort of squeaks, uh, redirects past Connor Hellbuck, doesn't even go through him, it just redirects uh, past him. And again, put pucks on net, get people to the dirty areas, do things like that, and you're oftentimes going to get rewarded, and Colorado gets their just desserts here by going hard to the net like Comfort did, as he. Yeah, and, and you know we talked about how quickly these goals were coming, and that's what's so unfortunate about this goal is that, you know, it, it just, it, it it put the game out of reach very quickly. And then it obviously led to the fourth goal. But yeah, I think this goes off of Comfort's, 
Confer's uh, leg, if I'm not mistaken. Leg, I correctly, his right? shoulder, it's sort of yeah, it's, so, it's some random body part. Yeah. And it barely goes in, right? So yeah. that to me was like that's that's a lucky goal. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. It's a that it's is. a lucky goal. Is it kind of a nice you know point shot screen all of that? Yeah, but I mean, I, I, Hellebuck clearly like didn't have a lot of chance on it, and it was just you can't you know dive too deep into a goal like this. Um, just like you know you can't dive too deep into Appleton's goal because that's just a nice hard shot from Schmidt and a nice tip by Mason Appleton, as you said earlier, Drew. Appleton was banging a stick on the ice, uh, wanting that tip. So, yeah, this goal was not a beauty goal, but it was just, again, the Avalanche throwing everything on net because I believe that was only the fourth shot by the Avalanche at that point. <laughs> well, it was. It's just crazy. I don't, like, you know, Hellebuck's got a 930 save percentage. He had a 930 save percentage or something like that going into this game. So for him to allow three goals on four shots, I would, I looked over at Dave and I'm like, they might pull him if they score a fourth goal, and they obviously didn't. They pulled him after the second period. Yeah. But, again, it wasn't because of, you know, his poor play. It was just because, you know, to wake the Jets up, essentially. Yeah, and you talk about the fourth goal in the first period. That comes at the 10.58 mark. And this one, I mean, there's a lot of egregious goals. It's it's hard to pinpoint which one is the most egregious. But, you know, Bowen Byram just walks in. I mean, he just has so much time and space. Watch I know the replay. Who... There's four Jets. Yeah. Like, all, like, slowly converging cool. around Byram. The only problem is no one's in front of Byram in front of the net to yeah. pick, pick off the pass or lift his stick. Like, it, it was just crazy. Like, it's not like this was, like, an odd man situation. No. Bowen Byram is just left alone in front of the net. Like, it's just inexcusable again. Well, you know, Brendan Dillon, like, I don't know what his mindset is on this play if you go back and you watch it. He goes for a, a hit, and he misses the hit, but he sort of puts himself, as a result, out of position. And then Byram just walks in, and the Jets are treating him like he's a basketball player who can't make an 18-foot jump shot, except for the fact that he's not a basketball player and he can pick a corner because he's a damn talented hockey player. It was just bizarre. It's like the Jets like backed off of him, waiting for the rebound to clear it away as if he was going to miss or it was just going to it was just going to hit uh, you know uh, Connor Hellebuck and there'd be and they get rid of the rebound that way. Uh, he obviously doesn't miss. Uh, Andrew Cogliano, Alex Newhook, they're the they get the assists on the goals on the goal, and it's four one for the Avs uh, at the ten fifty eight mark of the first period. Just ugly, ugly, ugly all around. I saw Brendan Dillon complaining that he got he get, does get cross checked on the play, but he, you know he doesn't get the call. He doesn't deserve the call, as far as I'm concerned. It's just like, what are the Jets doing? Who's responsible for him? And where is that person who's responsible uh, to, to not let Bowen Byram just walk right in like that? By the way, I apologize. I was thinking of the Matt Nieto goal, the fifth goal where he's alone in front of the net and uh, gets a feed. So I apologize. That was not the goal I was thinking of. Maybe it's because I took a, a fireball shot, but uh, that's, <laughs> the, that's the goal that I was thinking of. No, I, I mean, you're right. Byram walks in from the blue line yeah. and the Jets are backing up. Like, it's just, it's... There's the, the Avalanche took advantage of poor Jets defending in a in in a variety of ways, right? Like mm -hmm. they took advantage of the fact that the Jets seemed disorganized in their own zone. They took advantage of 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 the fact that the Jets couldn't handle their speed, especially on the McKinnon goal. And you know they were opportunistic tonight, but yeah, on this particular goal, Byram says, "Okay, you're going to give me some time and space. I'll move in and I'll I'll roof a shot." So you know I don't know again how many different ways that you can explain that the Jets' defensive coverage was just not good enough, but it really wasn't good enough. 
Yeah. I mean, not even just not good enough, just embarrassing. Like this is a top to bottom. Like this is an embarrassing defeat for the organization, Dave. I mean, the whole organization should feel as though they had a piece of this, of this defeat, the coaching staff for not having the play for just not having anybody ready to play the players themselves, of course, for having that lousy performance and the general manager for giving this roster and saying, this is the best we can currently provide to you as we sit here uh, you know, five days, six, or I guess one week now away from the trade deadline. Something's got to give for this team uh, 4-1 for Colorado after 20 minutes. Uh, the rest of the game, there was only that one goal uh, in the second period at the 10:59 mark. Matt Nieto, his 11th assist to Comfer and Devin Taves. Uh, you know, Matt Nieto is just left This was the goal that I was talking about yeah. where Nieto is kind of, he drifts towards yeah. the middle of the net and just, you know, he's unaccosted. He's just, I think, right. So, Comfer's behind the net and he feeds him the puck, and just nobody, like, you know, I forget. He had some time to do some sewing. I think he maybe made himself a sandwich. You know, he really, you know, had some quality time. Maybe he took a nap there because certainly weren't any of the the Jets players weren't in the the business of accosting him or preventing him from from doing what he wanted. Uh, And that was the 5 1 goal. And and that's all she wrote. I mean, and and I agree with you, Drew. I mean, especially, you know, after that 5 1 goal, then you're, then it's getting to cringeworthy status and you're starting to think, like, you know, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if the Avalanche scored, you know, another couple of goals. Well, remember, as remember, they hit the post and missed an easy tap in. Right. You're right. So it's I mean, there were there are a lot of instances where, where Colorado could have had five, six, seven goal uh, performance, you know, overall in this game. It ultimately comes down to one of those games that you're just sitting there going, what did we just watch? Yeah. Like this is and again, like I said, you know, this all I can say is this. The Jets. <laughs> If they want to, re- if they want people to stop talking about this, they better pump the Islanders on Sunday. Well, because give me, anything, give me any, any reason why you believe that's going to happen. I never, whoa, whoa, I never said they. I believe it's going to happen. Right, I know. I said that the best thing for the Jets is that they better pump the Islanders. I'm more concerned about the fact that I can't see the uh, comments suddenly in the in the chat. That's my bigger concern, Drew. Right now, I can't. I don't know what's going on. Suddenly, I've lost the comments. That's that's a bigger concern for me. What about for you? I see the comments. Ah, they're back. Whoo! I was nervous. I was like, you know, I'm laughing. Frosty's telling jokes. Losing the chat, Dave, is like, you know, when you uh, lose your wallet or your key. Seriously. I was like, what is going on right now? I can't see Spency. Spency's going crazy from uh, Festival. Lots is happening. So, um, no, the the one thing I want to say, again, and I said this to Ezzy when we were, you know, watching that first period, I said, Again, this team more and more is reminding me of that 18-19 team, which you know started off so well and then slid. And again, the other thing is, and I highlighted the, the comment in the chat, what is going on with the Jets team, which now is healthy? Remember, Jets were healthy. Jets were, oh, what you know, I mean, what were the comments coming from, from some of our brethren, right? You know, hey, mm-hmm. this team's gonna score scoring tons of goals now, tons of goals, and they're still gonna do all this stuff. Where is the heart? Where is the heart from this team? That's what you that's what it's lacking. That 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 give a shit. That's really like, that's again, I can hear, oh, they give a shit. They give a shit. Oh yeah. They really, they didn't look like they gave a shit. Quite honestly, not from what I saw tonight. They really didn't. They look, they look, there was a lot of actions speak louder than words. And I I didn't think that they finished very strong in the third period. I thought that was, was I I mean, the avalanche certainly didn't need to do anything. They could just coast to a five, one win, which is what they did. And I mean, the third period, I, I can't remember any, great jet scoring chances like 
this team let me ask needs, you this needs, I, mean, I don't know exactly what they need i mean we could obviously forwards. say we could we could obviously <laughs> say you know they need timo meyer and and vladislav gavrovkov or they need you know jake chikrin and, and patrick kane but i mean they also need to you know look in the mirror and say you know we need to get this back on track or you know we're in danger of you know slipping out of this playoff race entirely they need a lot and it's getting worse and it's not getting better and time is running short jets lose tonight 5-1 to the colorado avalanche on home ice when we come back on the illegal curve post game show some post game reaction from the winnipeg jets dressing room some sounds folks. like it was quite a little post game presser with uh, rick bonus well i mean he certainly we'll have uh, to ask Bick ronus who's in the chat what yeah, like. maybe, maybe we'll, we'll yeah we'll touch base with Bick Ronis and hear what Rick Bonus had to say. We got some contest giveaways and what would you do if your drive-through order was taking too long? Somebody in Steinbach did something that I applaud first and foremost. We'll tell you about that up next. It's the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, 
minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Shortly past the bottom of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Friday night. We remind you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Hockey Show back here on our YouTube channel. We talk about tonight's game a little bit, uh, you know, maybe sober second thought about it. As the game will <laughs> I don't think about that, Drew. I know. As the game will have settled a little bit, we talk about the impact of the Cole Perfetti injury. We talk about the trade deadline. We talk about uh sunday's game against the islanders and next week's games so daily's birthday daily's birthday so join us tomorrow at 9 a.m we're going to be interviewing as well garrett hole uh who covers the winnipeg jets with an analytic bent on the team and mike mckenna of daily Faceoff to talk about the nhl trade deadline so a very busy saturday morning in store for you 9 a.m back here on our youtube channel you chevy's making a trade right now boys uh, well, can he? Maybe he'll, he'll reacquire Mason Appleton yet again. I'm not sure if if, if he can do that. It, he did that on a post game show last year. We none of us were really sure why they were buying any players at that point in time, given uh, how lousy the team was. But uh, this year, where the team is in a playoff spot, so far he seems satisfied to stand pat. So. Who else did the Jets bring back, Drew? They brought somebody else back, or there was another mm-hmm. trade that they made. Last year, no. Yeah, around the trade deadline. Are you thinking about Matt Hendricks? To, uh, in, in no, 18? no, no. That's like three years ago. That was during the year where the they, didn't they acquire somebody else before the trade deadline last year. Mm. I, remember, I remember Appleton. Dave, am I missing somebody? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. They they didn't trade I anybody. There was somebody Drew Stafford? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Drew I, but I uh, yeah, I, I thought there was somebody else, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there if Chevy makes a move imminently to be honest well, with you i mean you you have to this is a wake-up call this is a wake-up call that the avalanche are still the best team in the western conference i don't care what anybody says i don't care who vegas acquires unless mark stone is in the lineup i don't think they're stanley cup contender because right. you guys know uh how much i like mark stone and how good of a two-way right winger he is to me it's hey, the, Av- the avalanche he, and then it's completely wide open after that as he don't knock don't knock that Former Jets goalie tandem of Lauren Brassois and Michael, Michael Hutchinson, Hutchinson yeah. in uh, in Las Vegas right now. Although apparently, Eden Hill injured now. Yeah, so they had Brassois and uh, Hutchinson wow. as the duo in uh, Vegas. What is this, 2018? <laughs> wow, it seems like it with the Jets. A couple 18, comments 19. coming out of the Jets dressing room tonight. Uh, Brendan Dillon says, "Quote: We got humbled tonight. There's no excuses for how that went tonight." Rick Bonus says, "Quote: We were asleep to start the game." 
I would say they were asleep for more than just the start of the game, but that's yeah, I was gonna say the entire first period was a nap. Yeah, Mason Appleton quote, it's unacceptable. Uh Mason Appleton more from him. We can't hang the best goalie in the league out to dry. Oh, if you can't, you did. So, you know, I'm just, you did. So it's not that you can't. It's that uh, Jack Sanford, is he? There you go. See, I knew Drew. There was disgruntled, a player it there. was disgruntled weed, not me. I just and it's funny, I should know that because Zach Sanford right now is playing for Milwaukee, and he was in last night in uh, in the game against the Moose. Yeah, we'll shocking that he that. didn't lead the Jets back to the promised land last year, but uh, there you go. Zach Sanford, that's right. Sure Zach, wasn't that like towards out, the end of the of season? Wasn't, wasn't Zach Sanford yeah, on, the, on the Jets' top line? Yes, Remember he was. Remember the last few games he was on the top line and he was started, starting four-on-four four overtime? I, it was an ugly year last year. It was a very, yeah. very ugly yeah. year. Um, more from Rick Bonus. quote, I wasn't worried about the goaltending. Did you see the shots they had? They had all day to shoot. What do you want a goalie to do there? Nothing. So that's, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, pretty uh, qu- uh, a summation from the Jets head coach, uh, you know, about the team tonight is just, and, and Connor Hellebuck's play. But, it wasn't on him, but uh, it was on the rest of the team. This is why this is all lip service. I'm, I'm sorry, Drew, if I cut you off and you were going to, you know, read another quote there. But like, you know, there was a lot of similarities between this game and the Rangers game. Sure. The only difference is that the the goal is that Connor Hellebuck stood on his head at that game. And this game, he, I mean, can't blame him. The, you know, the shots were better in this game than they were in the Rangers game. If you want, you know, by you know by a by a, you know a five percent better than, and as a result, they got past them as opposed to the Rangers game where they did it. I mean, exactly. what do you want the goalie to do? I don't really know what what people no. expect. Uh, this Jets. Played like shit tonight. I mean, brought in the French. It's just how it is. And that's the kind We're of on YouTube that's why you come now, here Drew. for that We're on terrestrial radio. YouTube, you I can know. say whatever you want. You know, and, and and just continuing what has become a pattern. As long as it's not inappropriate or offensive to anyone, I should mention That's that. right. I mean, I hope that my language isn't offensive to anyone, and I'll keep the offensive jokes to a minimum as well. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers' time on ice tonight, 13 minutes and 4 seconds. That's 15th out of the 18 skaters that played for the Jets tonight. Okay, let's, Only, let's let's talk about that some. And how many, sorry, sorry. How many power plays? How many power plays here? did the Avs have? How many power plays did the Avs have? Yeah. The Avs had uh, three. They had a four minute my uh, four minute double minor. The the yeah uh, Dubois, the cross check yeah. and, and then Madeline. So yeah, they had, they had three minute, three power plays. Six yeah. minutes of penalties. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's usually the excuse given, right? Why Ehlers doesn't uh, get it, right. but Ehlers so we're going to talk about five or six more minutes of ice time tonight. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. We just wanted to bring it up today because I wanted to touch on it, but tomorrow it'll be a topic of conversation. Oh, yeah, on Garrett will get term. into that. I mean, there's just, you know what? We're like, all going to get into it tomorrow. There's something, something is up there. Something's off. Something stinks in Denmark. Well, something stinks. Well, something in stinks in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Something stinks. As in it pertains to someone from Denmark. Speaking about something stinking, how badly would you need Burger King in order to call 911 to demand it? Burger King, gonna... is, is Burger King of the major fast food chains, Burger King, I put at the bottom. I would agree. I, I do have a I, question, though. Is Mc, McDonald's and AMW are at the is, top. Is Ezra answering this question as a 2023 Ezra or a 2010 Ezra? Well, he, I, I, I still don't think he Dave, would ever I'm the call same guy. I'm the same guy I was 13 years ago, man. I've just uh, matured and I have kids now. In case uh, anybody missed it, uh, a Burger King, the first Burger King, opened in Steinbach. Uh, just uh, when did it open? I think yesterday it opened in Steinbach, and the lineup the no longer the no longer dry Steinbach. By the way, yes, it hasn't been dry for a while though. But yeah, <laughs> like what? Oh, because there's snow on the ground. Oh, okay. 
Thursday, so yesterday, the first uh, Burger King opened in Steinbeck, and the lineup at the drive-thru was so long that a woman called 911 to report that she, to complain about it. Now, I, was this I'm today, not, Drew, or was this like earlier this week? This was yesterday, but it, it came yesterday. out today. It came out in the news today. So, Ezzy, the question for you, my friend, as somebody who has been known to be hungry on one or two occasions. In no, your you're life, calling me fat. And hangry. And hangry. No. I wouldn't call you fat. I said you've been hungry. So would you ever. Oh, I am fat. So if you did call me fat, I'd just be like, yeah, well, I am. <laughs> I didn't say either of those two words. Let the record show. I I'm just, not. Well, let's just say I'm not thin. Let's go with that, Drew. <laughs> Lots of great athletes haven't necessarily been thin, as he and, yeah. and that no. that you are as Butter, well. Butterbean and uh, who's the pitcher? <laughs> Bartolo Colon. Those are my role models. And don't forget about Dude Love, as he. Yeah, Dude Love. Yeah. yeah. So from, from mean, the by the way, Dude Love from the Progi eating contest. I mean, not Dude Love the wrestler in this case, right? Well, okay. he looked like that Dude Love as well. But I, I got you. But I mean that that is. I mean, I just applaud this woman's initiative. She wants her Burger King. Yeah, it's a very American thing. I to respect do. it. Yeah. Yeah, that is I mean, a very American 911 call. I mean, let's forget the fact that, you know, you're wasting resources by calling into 911 and yeah. wasting those people's time. Um, but it is pretty funny that <laughs> that someone would call 911 because they really wanted Burger King. Like of all the fast food joints, Burger King. Like I'm sorry, like I enjoy a nice Whopper, like especially an angry Whopper, um, you know, late at night. But yeah. I mean, we're not we're not I'll exactly one person who doesn't enjoy that angry Whopper, Naomi. Well, I can tell you what Ezzy's going to be doing when he leaves my house in about uh, 10 minutes or yeah. 15 minutes. There's no well, question about yeah. it. Yeah, well, but it's not going to be a happy and, and, and he's most likely going to and he's most likely going to call 911 when it, it takes too long <laughs> for his uh, meal to be prepared. It's almost like boys there should be like a set like a 711. Get it? 711? You should call 711 for all your fast food related emergencies. You know, he's onto something there. Yeah, yeah there might be I'll something. I'll tell you, Dave, that's not got something. That's idea. gold. That was gold. <laughs> that's not the dumbest idea. Okay, guys, let's on. end the post-game show. Yeah, let's get working on this. Quick. We've got to come let's up go. with a business plan. We're gonna pre- <laughs> we're gonna present this to uh we're gonna present patent this to pending, our, our mayor. Pending, patent pending. This has all been trademarked. We have trademarked 711. People, you cannot take this away from us. This is our initiative we're moving forward with. Is 711 taken? Because if it's not, I'm gonna trademark it right now. You not trademark it, uh, whatever, by the by the rights. Yeah, like they, they when you people used to squat on websites, right? You Hold on, whoa, whoa, you people, Drew. No, I yeah. said people used to. Yeah, squat. you said you okay. people. Do you guys see Cocaine Bear yet? No, boy, but Drew, I've, seen I've, never, I've, never, I've never seen you. Uh, you've you've never been this um, disjointed on a show before, but well did, done. Did, did you watch this hockey game? I mean, how much more do you want me to do? Well, I mean, Dave, Dave and I are going to go see Crystal Meth Camel, and then we're going to go see Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Meth Camel, I think uh, you know that, that, that's a winner also, right after Cocaine Bear. For the Never... record, just I just to answer the question because some people are saying is Ehlers Ice Time really the the biggest concern? It's not that that's the only concern. There's lots to be concerned about with this Jets team, including the plays of Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Pierre Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor. This entire team. But well, when you're down by four goals and one of your best player isn't playing that much, that to me is a big concern. Yeah, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay, let's do some contests and wrap this thing up because we got to be back. We're, we're back on in less than twelve hours, and I've uh, clearly lost my mind with our with the, with the shenanigans I'm bringing forth on Burger King and Steinbeck. Did you ever think we'd be talking about Burger King and Steinbeck on IC? I'm just sort of surprised that there was, you know, that there's been that, there's that much of a demand for a Burger King and Steinbeck. 
I mean, what other? That's kind of like when Jolly. That's kind of when Jolly, like Jolly, be opened up in Winnipeg for the first. Well, time. I mean, you know, first I time wanna, in first in ever in North America, I should say. Right, but I want to know like what other fast food restaurants are available in Steinbach. Is there Good a McDonald's? Question. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if there's, there's a Popeyes McDonald's. because oh, if there there's is, a there's Popeyes, like, there I've, shouldn't I've, be that big of a lineup at Burger King. I've been to Steinbach. There's like DQ. There's oh, yeah, you know, I've been to Steinbach too, but I just trying to remember. Like last time I ate anything in Steinbach, I think I went to like a a family restaurant because it was great food. I'm just thinking. Okay, hold on. We need to know why you were in Steinbach, though, Drew. Well, I used to golf at Quarry Oaks. I used to golf at the Steinbach Flyer. I've gone there for doing well. I, I, you know, as I am made, I am made of money, as we as we've discussed on the show many times before. I've gone to look. You know, it's worth the trip to Steinbach to look for a new car. I thought maybe you you went to a Steinbach Pistons game of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. I just I'm curious. I have not done that. Uh, you know, sometimes I need to meet, uh, you know, I went to freezing drillers once I needed to see if I could get some drilling done, but, uh, whatever it is, I mean, I've, Steinbach's a great community. Did I you actually need to get some drilling done? No. Why would I need to, what am I drilling as I'm not putting up an oil derrick in my, in my, in, in, in my front yard and seeing if I can tap some gold and crescent. Well, I don't know. Anything. You own a lot of land. I thought maybe, you know, your land needed some drilling. It doesn't, but I'm just curious now about the other fast food options that are available. Uh, yeah, something called Google, Drew. Do we have any Steinbeck people in the chat? I would hope that if they were here, they would have left by now because this is real nonsense, even for us. No, we weren't bad mouthing Steinbeck. Steinbeck is a great city. We're just talking about you know the the funny nine one one call. We're all good. We love wow. Steinbeck. There's uh, Nicole is reporting that there's no Popeyes in Steinbeck, but there is a Mary Browns. So you know they are somebody Mary is Browns, getting Mary Browns is uh, is is tier two of fast food as well. well Mary Browns is not in my. You know, top three or top five. I mean, Mary Brown's. Eh. It's Chard with wants, Burger King. Chard wants to know if we should go for a, a roadie to uh, Steinbeck. Like take the trip. On, like take the trip on the road. No, but we should like, like get like Kramer's bus tour and like do it like an IC bus tour to Steinbeck with everybody on the bus. Ezzy, of course, would be driving the bus, and uh, we would just have a nice little trip. Stop at yeah, the center Kurt, of Canada. Kurt, okay, Kurt likes Mary Brown's. I'm not taking anything away from anybody that likes Mary Brown's. Have you ever had Mary Brown's? As I it? have because it's in last time I was at Walmart. There's a Mary Brown's in Walmart, so I enjoyed a nice chicken sandwich after I did my shopping. Wow. Okay. Were you wearing sweatpants? Maybe. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong with sweatpants, Drew? I was made fun of in elementary school for wearing sweatpants. No, no, I am it, going it, to defend sweatpants. In elementary school, you're sweatpants allowed to wear. Sweatpants are comfortable, and they say I've given up on life, and I just don't care anymore. Yeah, well, that's sort of my point. I mean, sweatpants. If you're in, in elementary school, that's fine. You're a kid. It's just when you're a grown oh, adult and you're out. There I just I disagree with that. As sorry, I currently sorry, Dave. I, currently I didn't realize. According to Drew, I have to wear nudie jeans to go to Walmart. No, you don't. You don't have to. Like I, I mean, just I completely disagree with that statement. Especially especially with especially with yeah. new with new yeah. sweatpants, Drew. Come on. No, no, already no, 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 no. Now know. he's going after the sweatpants industry. Now no. he's going to ask the brand of your sweatpants. Drew, no, he... I just need to know the quality. You know what this? You know this show? You know what this show? It needs a little... Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I'm sorry. We got it. We got to get back to some semblance of, of normality. This, you, is a ho- this is a hockey show. This is too after much of your driver, After the bus driver conversation from uh, from uh, last show, this is just a natural progression. No, we're, we're switching back. We're switching back and talking about the Moose because the Moose had a seven-game win streak, a point streak, sorry, going into yesterday's tilt with the Milwaukee Admirals, Milwaukee sitting in second in the Central Division, the Moose sitting in third, both teams coming into that game on seven-game point streaks. Uh, Yaroslav Askarov, the first rounder of the Nashville Predators, 
in net. He was the AHL player of the week, 5-0-0 coming into the game. He got the start. Opposite him, Arvid Holm in net. No Jimmy Olney or Simon Lundmark. Alex Limoges leading score for the Moose. Not back in the lineup. They did get alternate captain Cole Meyer back. So that was good for the Moose. And the Moose, they came out flying. Unlike the Jets, for the record, folks. The Moose came out ready to play and ready to start. They dominated the Milwaukee Admirals. And if it wasn't for Yaroslav Askarov, the game would have been 5 or 6 nothing because the Moose fired everything they could at him. Tico Napoli will be happy with the first goal. I know he was happy with the first goal because he sent me a DM. Tyrell Bauer, the Jets prospect, 2026th rounder. He fired off a bomb. Nice pass by Jansen Harkins from behind the net. Make it one nothing. Then Wyatt Bongiovanni off a nice pass from Billy Hainola. That made it 2-0. Shots were currently were 11-1 at that point. First period would end 2-0 for the Moose. Moose out shooting the Milwaukee Admirals 14-2 after 20 minutes. And oftentimes, you know, you get a little lapse after in the intermission. The other team bounces back. Not so. The Moose maintained that energy level, kept it going to start the second period, went on a 10-2 run in terms of shots. So they were out shooting them 24-4. 24-4, boys. It was it was quite an effort. Why Bondumani exact carbon copy goal? Another pass, except this one. The last one was just after a power play had ended. This one was on the power play. Villianola, really nice move at the line. Feeds it across to Wyatt Bongiovanni. Scores to make it a 3-0 game. But the Admirals start to get a little pushback. They start to push back because they are also a very good hockey team. They lost Kiefer Sherwood up to the Nashville Predators. He got recalled. So that was good because that was 22 goals out of their lineup for the uh, Moose's opponent. Arvid Holm had to be good. He did give up a bit of a softy to make it a 3-1 game after 40. And then it was kind of a back and forth third period. The Moose, uh, it's funny, the Moose go three defensemen on their four-on-three configuration. And then Dominic Toninato got the toss out of the uh, faceoff uh, uh, dot. So it ended up being Leon Gavanke taking the faceoff against, I think also Nashville's uh, forward got tossed. So I think it was defenseman on defenseman taking faceoffs as he, not something you ever see Leon Gavanke won the faceoff. The Moose ended up giving up a late goal to make it a 3-2 game, but they would ultimately win. So they now have a eight-game point streak, boys. Two points behind Milwaukee with the rematch going tomorrow. Manitoba improves 28-16-3-3 on the season and should be a good little tilt tomorrow in the rematch between the Moose and Admirals. Well, Dave, this is for the Moose, for the Manuk Moose Minute, and for Steinbeck. There we go. Cheers, everyone. Let's get into the tough duck Simon. hardest hit, the tough duck hardest hitting comment for tonight's post game show, which is as usual <laughs> been uh, slightly odd. Uh, Ezzy, who gets the tough duck hardest hitting comment? We're going to give it to Jason Smith. I don't think we're uh, talking about the former Edmonton Oilers defenseman here, played for the Devils as well, but I think we're talking about a different Jason Smith. Like the comment here, no Landy talking about Landeskog, obviously captain of the Avs. No Makar. EJ and Helm, Eric Johnson and, and Darren Helm, the pride of St. Andrews, Manitoba, also the home of Polly Edmonds, by the way. I no was just problem. in St. Andrews, uh, was that yesterday? Yes, two days ago I was in St. Andrews. Took a nice trip. Were you also looking for drilling help? No, I wasn't. I have to drop <laughs> something off. Uh, at a nice lady who lives in St. Andrews, but, uh, you know, it was nice. Took a nice You know, you got to be careful. So you got to be careful. buying drugs in St. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful, though, Drew. There's a nightmare on Helm Street there. Love it. Okay, we're going to mute Dave for the rest of the show. Yeah, so the rest of the comment here, no problem. The defending champs are rolling and the West flat out blows. I just like that comment because, right. yeah, like it's it's really hard 
to not remind yourself that this is the team without Landeskog and Makar, and they still handled the Jets 5-1. So I like that comment from Jason. Hopefully Jason's still around. He's still watching because he is the tough duck, hardest-hitting comment winner. So send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or you can also slide into my DMs at ICSEG. Send me your uh, mailing address, and Tough Duck will ship out a tube to you. And if you can send them a Whopper while you're at it as well, that would be appreciated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Send me anything food-related, and I'll probably eat it. Uh, the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest rolls on as it does on each and every post-game show. An opportunity for you to win some authentic Winnipeg Jets gear, courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. The way to do so is you enter the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. You hit the drop-down arrow. You see the link. You click the link. You'll see a whole bunch of different things you can do to earn entries and earn ballots. And one of those things is entering in the unique code word for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. You enter in this code word that's only available here on the post-game show or the podcast, and you get some extra bonus entries. The unique code word for tonight, Mile High Hockey. That's where the Avalanche were playing a mile high, a mile better than the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Mile high hockey, all one word. That is your illegal curve, uh, unique code word for the merchandise contest tonight. Dave, who are we giving merchandise to tonight? Who is the lucky winner? Well, I, I don't know, actually. Dale Mastel. Dale Mastel is the winner. So congrats, Dale. I have, folks will be happy to know, being the merch Wagon has been rolling out. Phyllis, I know she's got hers on her way to her. Uh, who else has got? I, I, I got a, a bunch of it done this week. I got still a bunch more to get caught up on. I'm getting all these, all the emails, all the addresses and stuff like that. So don't Why worry, don't folks. Miguel to drop make some deliveries. I mean, he's in St. Andrews. He's in Steinbeck. He's every point actually, as I really should have. But anywho, I didn't, and so I've got a bunch coming out, and um, you'll be getting yours very soon. And uh, thank you for participating. And again, get your entries in. We've got lots of opportunities, retweets, follows, lots of things that you can do to gain extra points. Oh, there we go. Well done, Phyllis. All right. Excellent. I know Lisa Danko has happy. We're happy. So that's good. That's true. That is true. So she's wearing it right now. Perfect. All right. Well, I hope that made made your week, Phyllis. And we've got a bunch of other people who are going to have their weeks coming, uh, you know, either this week or next week. But I will hopefully have everything caught up by next week. So there you go, folks. You're going to have your Illegal Curve, not Illegal Curve merch, your Jets merch from Illegal Curve coming very soon. There you go. Congratulations to all the winners on tonight's program. You're all winners. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., the Illegal Curve Hockey Show back here. And then again, a Sunday afternoon, the post-game show, right around 5.15 p.m. Central Time after the Jets and the Islanders as the Jets are looking to uh, recapture winning ways after they continue to play in a tailspin. We'll see you. By the way, Drew, speaking of winning ways, the uh, Winnipeg Ice Got to mention it. Ninth yeah. straight win for them. They won uh, in Red Deer, who is the closest team to Red Deer and Saskatoon. I think are the two closest teams to to Winnipeg, and they're about thirteen to fifteen points back. Brandon's so Winnipeg, actually closer. Are they not Brandon? Oh, he means physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I'm like, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, Saskatoon Red Deer. They're, uh, I know they're different divisions, but they're in the same conference, and they're, I think they were thirteen points back coming into tonight's game, but uh, the the ice. Beat the uh, Red Deer Rebels in Red Deer, I think two to one. So uh, the Ice now winners of nine straight. Their winning percentage is close to nine hundred. It's unbelievable. Crazy. The, they, the Ice are, yeah, they they're really juggernaut. Are. I mean, they're they are so ready for a long run. I think it's just the Seattle Thunderbirds and and maybe the Portland Winterhawks that stand in their way. 
It, yeah. it should be a and very... Brad Lambert. Apparently, someone said Brad Lambert had two goals. I think so. He's he's really been rolling along for, uh, and that's gonna be great for his confidence. And and depending on what happens with Seattle, but you know, if the Moose go on a run, you could see obviously Chaz Lucius is done for the year, but you could see Brad Lambert back up with the Moose. He's definitely it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. That's it for us. We'll be back 9 a.m. tomorrow, which is uh, nine hours from now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 hours from now. Ten. So we'll see you in about 10 hours time. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Illegal Curve post game show. Got to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors, of course. Uh, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. The Mason-Appleton goal, that was our Seagram's shot of the game. Seagram's 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey, as he is currently making out with a bottle of Fireball, so that's totally healthy and normal. That's our cue to wrap it up so that as he can get intimate with his liquor. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg. Not at my house. <laughs> I'm your host, Drew Mandel. We'll see you at 9 a.m. tomorrow, folks. Until then, good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.